WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio proudly presents the Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell, spiritual advisor to WSFI and pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and St. Therese in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Father Dwight Campbell here back for uh, another uh, Marian Hour on this fourth Wednesday of the month. Uh, just a reminder, my show, The Marian Hour, is uh, normally scheduled for the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month. But last week, actually, I was here last Wednesday because uh, the week before we had canceled and we were doing the share so uh, I'm, you get me two weeks in a row. I uh, even surprised Angela today. She had forgotten that I was going to be here today. So Glad to be here with you, and uh, as I always do, I love to begin the, the Marian Hour show with my favorite Marian prayer, the Memorare. So if you would join me in praying this beautiful prayer, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Worn Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I'm going to uh, turn to Angela, and she's the only one in the, in the studio with me today. And I'm going to ask her um, if she knows what feast day was celebrated. It was one of Our Lady's apparitions. Vassalette. Yes. Well, you didn't let me finish <laughs> my question, but that was, the, that was the answer I wanted. Yes, this past Sunday, September 19th. Uh, it was the Feast of Our Lady of La Salette, okay? And um, there's another feast coming up. It's not well known. This is a lesser known Marian apparition that was just approved by, by Rome um, uh, officially um, about a dozen years ago. And um, this is Our Lady of Lowe. And... <coughs> It was, well, actually it was uh, formally approved by, by the bishop of uh, the, the Diocese of Gap. It's, it's up in the Alps as well, but not as high as La Salette. This was approved officially in, on May 4th, 2008. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that after I talk about Our Lady of La Salette. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about this, this beautiful apparition of Our Lady, and <clears throat> to say that back in 2009, uh, as part of the, the year of priests that Pope Benedict XVI had uh, proclaimed, uh, there was a, a priest retreat. They invited priests from all over the world to come on retreat in Ars, France, where the patron saint of 
parish priests, and now he's the patron saint of all priests. St. John Vianney, that's where his church is, the little church in ours. And I and a couple friends of mine uh, made the trip there. We were on retreat for about, a, uh, uh, I think, at least five days we were there. And we finished off our trip by, by driving through France. We wanted to see some of the shrines. And uh, from, from ours, France, we took off to La Salette, to the Alps. And high up in the Alps is this beautiful shrine of Our Lady of La Salette. Well, the story goes back to um, uh, 1846. And on September 19th, 1846, Our Lady appeared to two children. One, uh, Melanie Mathieu, and she was... Uh, uh, like 15 years old at the time, and um, or maybe maybe not even 15. No, she was almost 15. She was 14, and uh, Maximin Girard. Okay, uh, he was uh, a few years younger. He was just a little boy, and they were out tending sheep on the mountainside. Like I said, this is high up in the Alps. The, the, the scenery is just breathtaking when you're, when you're up at the shrine of Our Lady of La Salette. Well, <clears throat> they're out tending their sheep, and they, they see a glowing globe of light. And they don't know what this is. They see a beautiful woman weeping. And she's wearing, if you've ever seen the, a statue of Our Lady of La Salette, uh, it looks like, um, well, it's, it's a, like a big crown coming from the top of her head. Uh, um, she, she was wearing a high headdress of roses, uh, like lights shooting from, from, uh, from the crown, okay? She had on a silver robe, a golden apron, white shoes, the children described her, you know, very, very spe specifically, a golden crucifix hanging from a chain around her neck, and she appeared sitting on a rock. And um, basically, the the summary of this is that Our Lady shared with the children, Melanie and and Maximim, um, that God was displeased with them for not. Uh, reverencing his name for using his name in vain that's the second commandment and also for working on Sundays for showing no reverence for the Lord's day and Our Lady promised as a result of this she, she prophesied I should say um, a number of, of uh, you know calamities uh, potato famine in 1846 and 1847 disease would come, and she entrusted both Melody and, and Maximum with, with a secret, okay? Um, now, in that same month, the bishop of the diocese, uh, uh, Philibert de Brouillard, okay, of Grenoble, uh, he begins the official inquiry into this uh, apparition that the children had. And, you know, word spreads throughout the region that, you know, that Our Lady had appeared. And um, so 
Um, on July 3rd, well, a couple of years pass, okay? They're investigating this, and, and both Melanie and Maximum were, were uh, ordered, basically, to, to make a record of the secret given, there was a secret given to each of them. And um, uh, they wrote down their, their secret, and um, uh, that same year, September 19th, the anniversary of, of the appearance of Our Lady of 1851, uh, the same bishop publishes a pastoral letter, fifth anniversary of the apparition. He affirms that the apparition, quote, has within itself all the characteristics of the truth that, so that the faithful are justified in believing it uh, beyond a doubt and for certain. Okay, so it's given approval by, by the bishop for the faithful to uh, express their, their, their faith in, in this apparition. And, um, and uh, in 1851, uh, Melanie enters the, the Sisters of Providence. She's then transferred to the Sisters of Charity. She's got kind of a, uh, a, a checkered religious life. Uh, that's not the end of it, but I'll, I'll just end by saying that in regard to Melanie for now. And the bishop announces in 1852 a pastoral letter and the erection of a shrine on the mountain of the apparition and um, the institution of a religious order to uh, serve the shrine. And, the, and they later go out and, and to different parts of the world and and will be, be missionaries of this message of Our Lady, so to speak. Now, um, in our area, I'm broadcasting from, from um, Libertyville. Not far from here, there is a shrine uh, run by the La Salette priests um, of Our Lady of La Salette. Do you know where that is? Uh, Angela, I'll, I'll ask Angela here. Yeah, and I think it's um, Steve Thielen, the same property owner. Um, it's uh, yeah, not, not too far from where our tower is. Well, Twin Lakes. Twin Lakes, yeah, yes. right near our right yeah. near where the uh, yeah. tower is. Yes, just outside of Twin Lakes, a beautiful little shrine. And, and you know, Father, here's the inside scoop on that little shrine. Um, in World War II, that was one of the designated places. I was told that if they had to get the Pope out of Europe. Really? And it was. Wow. You heard it first. Okay. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Thank you for that that uh, tidbit of information. You know, when the Nazis were threatening um, the Vatican. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Hmm. Well, hmm. Um, <laughs> the shrine there has, you know, uh, a replica statues of of Our Lady, you know, the first scene, you know, she's she's got her head in her hand, she's weeping. That's how the children saw her, okay? And uh, if I recall, little Maximum, you know, he walks up to Our Lady with a stick because he's ready to, like, you know, who is this person, you know, <laughs> before he realizes <laughs> yeah. it's it's the Blessed Mother. And, um, and you know, the, the, um, uh, the shrine, the popularity begins to grow with the, the missionaries of Our Lady of La Salette. You know, they, they you know, spread out throughout the world. And, um, but I would just say, if anyone can, can 
take the time if you have the opportunity to to visit La Salette. It's, it's a little bit of a drive up in the Alps, but it is just spectacular for the view alone. It is it is just magnificent, um, and. Uh, let me just read over here. I have the um, um, the secrets that were written down on July third, eighteen fifty one, uh, by both Maximin and and uh, Melanie. Okay. Now Maximin, I'll just I'll quote some of this. Okay, he. Uh, he says, and he's, he's relating what Our Lady told her, this secret she confided to him, okay? France has corrupted uh, you know, itself many places. One day it will be punished. The faith will die out in France, he says. Three quarters of France will not practice religion anymore, or almost no one. The other part will practice it without really practicing it. Then after that, nations will convert. The faith will be rekindled everywhere. Okay. He writes further, a great country now Protestant in the north of France will be converted by the support of this country. Other nations of the world uh, will be converted. All other nations of the world will be converted. Okay. Before all that arrives, great disorders will take place in the church everywhere. After that, our Holy Father will be persecuted his successor will be a pontiff no one expects. After that, great peace will come, but will not last a long time. A monster will come to disturb it. All that I tell you here will arrive in the other century, at least in the year 2000. Okay. So um, that's part of his secret. Now, now Melanie's is similar, but it's, it's a little more detailed. Okay, and This is what she wrote. Um, on uh, actually it's July 6th I think it's uh, 1851 okay um, she says the secret which the Blessed Virgin gave me on the mountain of La Salette on September 19th 1846 the time of God's wrath has arrived okay and this is basically what Our Lady was telling them because people using God's name in vain, not going to Mass, that they would be punished a potato famine and, and there was a cholera disease that broke out. Okay, um, She says, the time of God's wrath has arrived. I will ask you to say um, that if they do not convert, do not do penance, and they do not cease working on Sunday, if they continue to blaspheme the holy name of God, in a word, if the face of the earth does not change, God will be avenged against the people ungrateful and slave of the demon. Um, she talks about how Paris, the city of Paris, um, will be soiled by all kinds of crimes, will perish infallibly. Marseille, France, will be destroyed in a little time. When these things arrive, the disorder will be complete on earth. Okay. The Pope will be persecuted from all sides. They will shoot at him. They will want to put him to death, but no one will be able to do it. The Vicar of God will triumph again in his time. The priests and sisters, true servants of my son, will be persecuted. Several will die for the faith of Jesus Christ. A famine will reign at that time. 
that same time, after all these will have arrived, many will recognize the hand of God in them. They will convert, do penance for their sins. A great king will go upon the throne. He will reign in a few years. Religion will reflourish, spread all over the world. There will be a great abundance of faith. The world, glad not to be lacking nothing, however, will again fall in its disorders, will give up God, be prone to criminal passions. Okay. Lastly, and this is the more dire part of this message, okay? Lastly, hell will reign on earth. It will be then that the Antichrist will be born of a sister. That's a capital S, so I'm imagining it's a religious sister, but woe to her. Many will believe in him because he will claim to have come from heaven. Woe to those who will believe in him. That time is not far away, 50 Twice 50 years will not go by. Now, well, you know, we're, we're more than twice 50 years past this. And, um, um, you know, the, the approval of, of, of La Salette that Our Lady appeared and, and told the children, you know, th that God was displeased, people using God's name, Profaning Sunday, okay. That part of the apparition was, was approved. A shrine was built for that. Um, you know, there, to my knowledge, uh, there has never been uh, a formal approval of what was said in these secrets, okay. That was just left kind of to the side. And uh, there's more to this because uh, um, uh, Melanie, actually, she, she, uh, as I said, she entered religious life, and, um, you know, after a couple of religious orders, she transferred to a Carmelite convent, an English Carmelite convent in 1855. Uh, Maximin dies in 1875. And um, um, in... in uh, she, uh, Melanie, in 1867, she leaves for Naples, and she wrote down um, the secret for the Order of the Apostles of the Last Days for men and the Order of the Mother of God for women. Okay. And um, this late manuscript, you know, where she, she elaborated on the, the secret of La Salette, um, it was written in 1873, published in 1879 as a booklet. It carried an imprimatur by a bishop of, of, of um, Salvatore Luigi Zola, and um, much longer, contains much more detail, predicted basically uh, future apostasy of Rome, okay, to summarize things. Things would be really bad. Uh, this was placed on the Index of Forbidden Books in 1879. So, you know, things are a little, uh, never, no approval was ever given to these. You know, when people debate on, on their authenticity, uh, whether uh, Our Lady really said this. Anyway, uh, having said that, I will take a little break for, for a few minutes and we'll be back with, for the second segment of our show.
Greetings from the studios of WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Some of you may be familiar with my voice. I am Susie McGinn, a privileged volunteer at the station, and usually you hear me on our weekly program, Healing the Whole Person. Apart from our regular program, I want to give you some exciting news. You and I know that it's by God's grace and His grace alone that we are blessed to have this radio station that is totally dedicated to broadcasting truth. The fact that you, our dear listeners, can hear us, that I can speak to you, is God's doing. It's a miracle. So I'm pleased to tell you that God is challenging us to expand our listening area by eightfold. This will include portions of Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, and of course, Illinois. We need your continued prayers and we need your financial support. Help us fulfill God's plan for WSFI-FM and all the 8 million hungry souls in our new listening area. Please, please, dear listeners, consider doubling your prayer support for us and prayerfully consider making a generous tax-free donation to help us to realize another miracle, the expansion of WSFI Catholic Radio. By faith, we thank you now for however God is leading you to fulfill His will today. To make a donation or pledge, you may do so on our website, wsficatholicradio.org, or you may mail in your prayer requests and financial help to WSFI 88.5 FM, Post Office Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. And God bless you and thank you for all you will do for us. Hi. I'm Ava Burke, a producer here at WSFI and a junior at Carmel Catholic High School. We are hoping to expand WSFI to reach up to 8 million people in the Chicagoland area. To help us reach this goal, please donate to WSFI Catholic Radio. WSFI has been a vital radio station with getting the word out to so many people. Many conversions have happened through WSFI and it has brought countless people back to the church and into the faith. But we cannot expand without your financial help. Please take a moment now to make a donation and go to WSFICatholicRadio.org or mail your check to P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Thank you for your help in making this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity happen. Hello, my name is Lynn Mills and I'm from Pro-Life Detroit of the Greater Detroit area in Michigan. And Catholic Radio is important because they keep us informed on the relevant things going on today. In fact, Catholic Radio should be renamed Pro-Life Radio because they do so much for the movement. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. 
The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Good afternoon. This is Father Dwight Campbell. I'm back for the second segment of the Marian Hour. And if you're just joining us, I was talking in the first segment, the first 20 minutes, uh, about Our Lady of La Salette, um, whose feast day was celebrated, Our Lady under that title, this past Sunday, September 19th. And I was relating how Our Lady appeared to um, to young people, Melody and Maximin, in, on September 19th, 1846. She appeared uh, you know, sitting, weeping, and explained to them that God was going to punish people with a famine, with illness, for using God's name in vain, a violation of the Second Commandment, and uh, profaning the Lord's Day violating the third commandment and uh, actually there was a potato famine that resulted and uh, different sicknesses illnesses the the basic apparition the uh, and what our lady reported what i just related was approved by um, by the bishop of of uh, grenoble that's the diocese in which the apparitions took place, La Salette. It's up in the Alps, uh, high up in the Alps. And, um, you know, a pastoral letter by, by the bishop back in 1851 um, allowed the faithful to come and, and um, basically put faith in, in this, this apparition. Before we took our break, I was relating how both Melanie and uh, Maximin, they, they each wrote down a secret that Our Lady told them. Different versions from between the two of them, and um, um, uh, Melanie traveled through, you could say, uh, a number of religious orders. And um, in 1879, she, she pens uh, an expanded version of the secret, according to her. Okay, it was published in in a book, in a manuscript uh, called "The Apparition of the Blessed Virgin on the Mountain of La Salette," and it was given an imprimatur in in uh, written in 1873, I should say. Okay, published in 1879 as a booklet, "Apparition of the Blessed Virgin on the Mountain of La Salette." However, um, the book was later placed on the, the Index of Forbidden Books, and that was um, in 1923. Okay. Uh, Melanie died in Naples in 1904. In 1923, the, the 
uh, Vatican places, the book on the Index of Forbidden Books, and uh, it, it makes all kinds of dire forecasts and, and prophecies about punishments that would come, even rather fantastic things. Uh, um, through, through demonic powers, people would rise from the dead and appear. These would really be demons. Uh, we talked about the Antichrist coming, uh, apostasy of Rome, uh, apostasy of, of priests, uh, religious. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go into reading the whole of the, the manuscript. I, I have it here in front of me. But uh, I will say this, that there's, there's an excellent website where you can uh, look up about any apparition, a Marian apparition especially. Um, it's called the Miracle Hunter. And um, Miracle Hunter, if you plug that in, you can, you can see approved apparitions, unapproved, or those awaiting approval. And under approved, approved apparitions, actually Vatican approval as well, is Our Lady of La Salette. And um, however, that is the basic message, as I said, that Our Lady um, you know, told the children that God was, was you know, displeased at, at people using his name in vain, profaning the Sabbath, and that punishments would come unless they converted. La Salette is basically a call to, to penance and conversion, okay? uh, or that God would punish people. Um, so I'll, I'll finish off with, uh, with a prayer to Our Lady of La Salette. We just celebrated her feast day this past September 19th. And um, here's a prayer to Our Lady of La Salette. Remember, dear Lady of La Salette, true mother of sorrows, the tears which thou didst shed for me on Calvary, be mindful also of the unceasing care which thou dost exercise to shield me from the justice of God, and consider whether thou canst now abandon thy child for whom thou hast done so much. Inspired by this consoling thought, I come to cast myself at thy feet in spite of my infidelity and ingratitude. Reject not my prayer, O Virgin of reconciliation, convert me, obtain for me the grace to love Jesus Christ above all things and to console thee too by living a holy life in order that I may one day be able to see thee in heaven. Amen. Okay. Well, I had mentioned before the break also that we have a, a beautiful shrine uh, dedicated to under the title Our Lady of La Salette just outside of Twin Lakes um, in Wisconsin not far from where I'm broadcasting here in Libertyville. Um, they have replicas of, of, you know, Our Lady appearing. You know, she's sitting on a, a rock at first with her hands uh, over her face, her head bowed down in her hands, and she's weeping, and this is how the children saw her. And then uh, another uh, image with statues of, of the two children, Melanie and Maximin, uh, before Our Lady, and... Um, it's, it's um, worth it to make a trip uh, at least to this local shrine if you can't make it to La Salette, France, up in the Alps. Uh, just, I would just put in another word about that, just a, a beautiful, gorgeous uh, shrine, a chapel dedicated to Our Lady, um, 
up in the Alps, and the, the scenery is breathtaking. Uh, so you you get you double for your your time and investment if you go. Not only visiting this place where Our Lady appeared, but also uh, to take in the, the the beauty of the French Alps. Now, uh, I, I mentioned it in the first segment that uh, I went to uh, a, a priest retreat in Ars, France, back in 2009. It was the year of the priests, declared by Pope Benedict XVI. And after that, I and a couple of my, my priest friends, we decided to, to travel uh, through France to visit some shrines. And shortly before we, we left for our, our retreat, this is back in 2009, um, it, w it became worldwide news that uh, the bishop of the Diocese of Gap in France, GAP, which is also in the Alps, approved formally um, a series of apparitions, mostly Marian, but, but Jesus appeared also to, to a young girl. Uh, her name was Benoit, or Benedicta, as we would say in English, uh, Rencurel, okay? And this is the southern French Alps. Um, when I learned about the, the approval of, of this apparition, uh, which was just a year before I went on retreat in Ars and had planned to visit the Alps, I thought, well, you know, I sh we should visit this, this newly approved apparition site as well. In, it's called Our Lady of Low, L-A-U-S. And I'll, I'll just talk about that for, for a few minutes now because this was the, the first major Marian apparition approved for in, in the 20th century, uh, the first major one approved since, uh, since Lourdes in 1858 at Lourdes, France. So the, the, um, the seer in, in this case, um, Benoit or Benedicta, we would say in English, uh, was born in uh, Saint-Étienne, uh, Saint Stephen, uh, the Avancon in, in, in the southern French Alps in, in 1647. And as a young girl, she's about six, seven years old, her father dies, her, fa her family suffers financial difficulties, and um, so she, she takes employment uh, a few years later, 1659, tending sheep. And uh, about five years after that, 1664, she is out tending sheep and she encounters an elderly man dressed as a bishop. It's St. Maurice, who's uh, one of the early saints in the church, okay, from France. And St. Maurice tells her, Benedicta, to take her flock of sheep to the valley above Saint-Antienne, okay, St. Etchen, some would say, okay, where she will see the Mother of God. And uh, Benedicta was caring for the animals, and um, so she, she's praying the rosary. She, she goes where this elderly man, it's St. It's Maurice, tells her, and as she's praying the rosary, her favorite prayer, by the way, 
Uh, she sees a dazzlingly beautiful lady uh, standing on a rock, okay? And she's holding a beautiful child in her arms. And um, little Benedicta says, a beautiful lady, um, what are you doing up here? Um, do you want to have something to eat with me, okay? She doesn't know who she is. And for a period of about four months, Our Lady appears to Benedicta every day, talking to her, preparing her for really her future mission, which is going to be a call to penance, conversion through the sacrament of penance. Okay, And um, so on, on August 29th, 1664, Benedicta asks Our Lady what her name is, and and she replies, my name is Mary. During the next couple of years, 1664-65, during the winter um, of, of that 64-65 year, or those two years, um, Benedicta went up to, to low frequently. And each time she received a vision, vision of the Blessed Mother who told her, Pray continuously for sinners, okay? And in September of, of 1665, um, Father Antoine Lambert, he's the vicar general of the diocese at that time, he, he came to Lowe, and um, he was going to, as he said it to others, put an end to the sorcery. He did not believe that our Lady was appearing, okay? And, um, well, he ended up having his mind changed um, with, with um, actually a, a miracle that took place. Uh, a, a woman who was very well known in the area, she uh, came into the church while he was saying Mass, and... Uh, she was able to walk where she, she couldn't walk before, and uh, this priest who was sent to investigate became a believer. And um, on September 18th, 1665, the apparitions were officially recognized by the diocese, I mean, at least given initial approval, and construction of a small church begins to receive pilgrims because, of course, p people hear about this and they want to come. Um, from 1669 to 79, Benedicta received five visions also of Christ suffering. Okay, And um, on Friday, July, a Friday in July of 1673, um, Jesus, suffering visibly before her, told Benedicta, My daughter, I show myself in the state so that you can participate in my passion. Okay. And she received, um, you know, seals, you could say, of, of mystical union with Christ, the holy stigmata on her body. And every week from that day on, in, in that Friday in July of 1673, uh,
Benedicta suffered a, a mystical crucifixion between Thursday evening and Saturday morning. And this weekly crucifixion, you could say, her sharing Christ's passion with the stigmata lasted for, for 15 years. And now we, uh, I'll just return to um, the approval, the apparitions at Lowe in 1672 um, were, were were met with some hostility, okay? This was not an easily approved um, series of apparitions because um, the bishop now was old, he was weakened, he appointed two chaplains who were not in favor of Lowe, who really uh, were not believers, and uh, they actually were turning people away. Um, and uh, for about 15 years, uh, Benedicta was kind of under house arrest, and permitted out only for Sunday Mass. So this was a time where she bore patiently with, with uh, this, this cross. And uh, actually, her guardian angel comforted her. Um, he said, there will always be troubles at low until there are religious established here. And um, anyway, we will move forward now, 1712. The direction of the pilgrimage was entrusted to some good priests, and um, in on December 28, 1718, after more than two decades of uh, living uh, as a hermit on the site of the apparitions and suffering continual apparitions, um, uh, oh, and suffering, okay, she had continual apparitions of the Blessed Mother, okay, and. Um, and um, Benedicta, on December 28th, 1718, kissed a crucifix. She, she passes away at this time very peacefully in the odor of sanctity. And um, in 1872, Pope Pius IX, Blessed Pius IX, declared her a servant of God. In 1893, the church at Lowe was raised to the rank of a minor basilica, July 31st, 1981, uh, there was a reopening of Benedicta's beatification process by John Paul II. And uh, this is the big date, May 4th, uh, 2008. Uh, Bishop Jean-Michel de Falco of Gap officially approved the apparitions. Okay, speaking as the bishop, raised it up as an official apparition site. And April 3rd, 2009, Benedict XVI recognizes the heroic virtue of Benedicta, proclaiming her venerable. Okay, so I'll, at this point, take a break, our second and final one, before we return for our third and final segment of this Marian Hour.
Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hi, my name is Irene Sherapata. My husband Alex and I are volunteers for WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is our family's source of truthful and trustworthy information regarding the Catholic faith, the church, our religion, and state of the world in these trying times. My husband Alex and I are greatly rewarded for our volunteer work at WSFI by working with such lovable and like-minded people and by meeting and hearing firsthand some of our, the most respected, wise, and interesting guest speakers. Its programmings on healing the whole person has helped so many and is truly inspired by God. This radio station is really a school of Catholic thought and source of wisdom. We have learned so much, and our faith and love for God has increased so much that we hope to share it with everyone we meet. We hope and pray that WSFI 88.5 FM would soon reach the entire Chicagoland population. You too can help WSFI bring millions of souls to God. See how you can support their effort by calling WSFI Catholic Radio at 224-206-8455 or online at WSFICatholicRadio.org for your donation. Thank you very much, and uh, God bless you. Hello, this is Brian. I'm a volunteer here at WSFI Catholic Radio. I'm reaching out, letting you know why our expansion throughout the Chicagoland area is so vitally important to the new communities that we will be reaching. God has many tools of reaching individuals and bringing them to conversion. I believe Catholic Radio is one of the biggest tools God uses. One never knows who is listening and just who we will be reaching through the airways, whether it be bringing people back to Jesus and their faith or bringing people to meet Jesus for the first time. Catholic Radio is the key to evangelization. Hello, this is Father Dwight Campbell, back for the final segment of the Marian Hour today. I spoke about Our Lady of La Salette, whose feast day we just celebrated on September 19th, uh, officially approved apparition, uh, although the, the secrets that the children wrote down, especially uh, Melanie, one of the seers, wrote down an expanded version of the secret many years later uh, that's never been officially approved, and uh, there's still much controversy about it. Anyway, uh, after that, in the second segment, I spoke about um, a recently approved apparition. It was in 2008 by, by the local bishop in 
in Low, France, Our Lady of Low, L-A-U-S, up in the Alps as well, although not as high as La Salette. I was pleased to have visited that apparition site uh, when I was in France uh, back in 2009 for um, uh, a world retreat for priests during the Year of Priests, declared by Pope Benedict the 16th. And I visited the shrine at Low. I, I'll just say a couple of things about that also. The, the seer who, who saw Our Lady over the period of many years, even saw Jesus, okay, um, she was uh, advised by Our Lady to, to really promote the idea of repenting from sin. And she was actually given a charism. This is kind of neat, okay? She... Um, not only to talk about how how Our Lady told her that you know sinners should repent, um, and that we should pray for the repentance of sinners by doing uh, penance, making sacrifices, but he granted to to uh, pardon me, our, our our Lord granted to um, Benedicta a charism of reading hearts, and pilgrims who would come to Low to the the shrine that was built there, came. Okay, um, Benedicta would correct them and disclose the the state of their souls to them and encourage them, okay, you better get to confession, okay? Um, reminding them of forgotten or hidden sins. Now, there was someone else who used to do this. Can you guess who that was? Maybe Padre Pio? Padre Pio used to, and actually um, the little town I mentioned just a few minutes ago, ours, France, oh. so St. John Vianney. I mean, oh. they would, yes, but, but Benedicta would, would do this as well. And another thing that, that um, uh, Benedicta was told by Our Lady, uh, Our Lady, they, they had oil from the, the sanctuary lamp, and Our Lady said uh, if, if people would come in and take oil from the lamp in the chapel, and apply it to themselves for their ailments uh, and have recourse to her intercession and have faith that they would be healed. And many healings took place. I remember taking some of the oil when I was there. I didn't have any ailments, so I, <laughs> I've never used it myself. But uh, uh, that was uh, a memory I have of the, the beautiful shrine uh, of at Low France, Our Lady of Low. And... and I speak about that today because uh, the feast day of Our, Our Lady of Low, that's again L-A-U-S, is, is September 27th. So both La Salette, okay, which was September 19th, just last Sunday, um, and another French Alps Marian apparition, Our Lady of Low, in an earlier one actually, this is... Uh, 1664, Our Lady appeared, began appearing to, to this seer, Benedicta, okay? Uh, that feast day is September 27th. So we have these two beautiful feast days at the end of September, Our Lady appearing in France, first at, in, in Low, France, 1664, and then at uh, La Salette, higher up in the Alps in, um, in 1864. Uh, 64, okay. So, um, now I, I'm wanting to, um, pardon me, I said 1864, I, I switched the letters, 1846, 1846, Our Lady of La Salette. 
<clears throat> well, Our Lady at, at both La Salette and at Low, when she appeared to first Melanie and Maximin, uh, actually it was first Benedicta in 1664 and then in, in uh, 1846 uh, at La Salette, her message was basically a call to repentance. And um, she, she appeared sorrowful at, 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 at both of, of these apparition um, occurrences, okay, these, these, the, and the first was a series of apparitions, as I said, uh, to Benedicta at Lowe. Um, I'm going to ask here, I, I, I just have Angela in the studio with me today, okay, so what is, what is our response, or should our response be to Our Lady's call um, for, for penance, for uh, prayers? Um, you know, it's, it's the same at Fatima, I should say, too. Uh, you know, Our Lady at Fatima, it's, it's always the same message. You know, pray, do penance, pray for the conversion of sinners, do penance for the same cause, okay? Um, well, another thing that we can do, <coughs> a response to Our Lady's call here, is, um, you know, do penance ourselves, pray for the conversion of sinners, but also to make reparation to Our Lady, okay? And especially to her sorrowful heart. You know, last week I was here, I was talking about the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, and the whole history of, of that devotion, how it sprang up, uh, and was especially by promoted with the, the Servants of Mary, the uh, religious order that was founded because Mary appeared to seven holy founders back in the 13th century, and, and a beautiful devotion to our, the seven sorrows of Our Lady uh, began to grow and flourish. And as time went on, and... Uh, you know, devotion to Our Lady uh, became more intense, especially to to our sorrowful mother and devotion to her sorrows. Uh, the practice of reparation became, <coughs> um, uh, you could say, widely accepted and practiced. And I'll, I'll just give a, a little history here. Um, the first call for reparation to his heart was by Jesus. And Angela, do you remember Jesus appeared to a nun? Margaret a visitation, Mary. Yes, Margaret Mary Alico. Okay. Uh, parted his vestment to her. Uh, Behold this heart which has endured such, you know, um, coldness and indifference by, by people, especially religious who should have a devotion to my heart in the Eucharist. Okay. Jesus wanted reparation done to his heart. Um, and, <coughs> you know, prayers, especially to his heart in the Eucharist. And actually, when Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary Alico, she was praying before the Eucharist. And <coughs> so the practice in, in the late 1600s began because Jesus appeared to, to St. Margaret Mary Alico and the great apparition was 1675 of June. And <coughs> so, uh, especially with the Jesuits, who were St. Margaret Mary's spiritual directors, um, they and other Jesuits began to, to spread devotion to the Sacred Heart and reparation to Christ's heart 
throughout the world. But here's where Our Lady's heart comes in. Already in by the, the, the 1600s, there was a very um, strong awareness <coughs> that Our Lady's heart was in union with the heart of her son. And if, and this is, this is what uh, many good Jesuits and, and others uh, kind of came to acknowledge and realize that if Jesus, because he suffered for us, asked for reparation to his heart, that Mary, who was united with Jesus, their hearts were as one, St. John Eudes, um, the great father, doctor, apostle of the hearts of Jesus and Mary, uh, spoke of the, the heart of Jesus and Mary. That was the book he wrote and finished it in 1680, the year he died, okay? Um, the Admirable Heart of Mary. Well, um, that led to uh, Jesus' revelations to St. Margaret Mary, his requests for reparation to his heart, led to uh, good devotees of Mary to promote the notion of reparation to the heart, uh, to the heart of Mary, okay? Because her heart experience these sorrows, especially at the foot of the cross. Okay, Mary's that are at the foot of the cross. Her heart is pierced with that sword of sorrow for our sins. So she's she suffered on Calvary for our sins. And therefore, reparation is due to her just as it's due to, to Christ in, in we the injustice. Okay. You know, our sins harmed Christ, wounded his heart, pierced with the lance. Okay. Mary's heart is pierced with the sword of sorrow. And uh, we know at Fatima, Mary asked for a communion of reparation to her heart, right? First Saturdays, okay? <clears throat> well, even before Mary asked this, this, the idea of reparation to Mary's heart was already part of Catholic devotional life. Really, as I said, going back to our uh, Jesus's revelations to St. Margaret Mary because people, good good holy priests and religious, they thought, well, if, if Jesus is asking for reparation for sins against his heart, well, Mary's heart is united with Christ and she suffered at the foot of the cross. Let's do reparation to the heart of Mary. And in fact, um, in the late 1800s, the Jesuits who promoted the morning offering prayer, okay, um, and reparation to the heart of Jesus, they were promoting reparation, a communion of reparation to the heart of Mary on first Saturdays of the month before wow. Our Lady even asked wow. for this at Fatima. Okay, so this was this was the, 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 the census fidei, the sense of the faith, and the census fidelium, the sense of the faithful. Okay, just kind of connecting the dots here. So uh, let us remember to make reparation to the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, attend Mass, receive Holy Communion in reparation to, to Mary's heart on those first Saturdays, and let us end with um, a quick prayer. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us. We have recourse to thee. And through the intercession of the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, may Almighty God bless you and keep you, the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hope to see you in two weeks or the second Wednesday of October. God bless you. You have been listening to The Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell. For a free copy of this recording, please visit us at wsfipodbean.com.